There are the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. Welcome back to another edition of the 12.15 Club. It is Ariel here in the mic. I'm joined by most of the boys in the back. We're here with Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, Tyler the Moderator, and Dylan the Graphics Guy. Today, we have a very, very special guest. I know I say that every week, but all of our guests are special. Um, this guy, actually, I'm not going to even introduce him. Um, he contributes to the show every single day. He's not in studio with us. Um, we're just going to play. Oh, His- Ethan. <laughs> not, it's not Ethan, Eric. Oh, okay. We're going to just play uh, his contribution. So hit it. Dan Patrick. It's Dan Patrick. I'm Dan Patrick in the streets. Stevie going to do his thing up in the man cave every weekday. Get up. Get up. Dan, it's in their homes on Zoom. Their wives military crawl across the roof. Hey, dude. The system. That thing you said. Beatles overrated. I hate to tell you, but it lives forever. In isolation, always alone. At least we got Dan. He's my best friend. No. Nope. Won't say I'm his, but I probably am, unless it is tall. But he doesn't count. Turn it off. Turn it off. Thank you, Dan. So our guest today is... It's Bob. How you doing? Bob Schmidt, the voice of the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, he leads up our show every single day. He tees Dan off. So the voice that you hear coming into the show at, at the beginning of every hour is the man that we have on the phone, Bob Schmidt. Bob? Hey, guys. How are you? Thank you for Thanks spending for some me. time with the uh, 1215 boys today. So I'm right off the bat, how did you even get involved with DP, uh, and how long uh, has that relationship been going on? It's kind of it's kind of gone for the time when uh, Dan started to, well, when he went off on his own, basically, and, and he started syndicating his own show, and uh, they put him on out in L.A. He talks about it sometimes on the air, how his... You know, his first station was KLAC in Los Angeles. Um, it was kind of in that era of the show, around 2007 or so, um, where I was doing the stuff out here, and he had a, a different guy who was doing it when he was with ESPN, and um, it just sort of started to make sense to, you know, work together um, because I was doing so much of the stuff out here on the West Coast that uh, I was listening to the show every day and and hearing everything that was going on, so... It kind of went from there. So you've been with him day one. Um, you've always made the opens. Is that the only capacity that you've been involved with the DP show, or have you done more or less? Well, I do, you know, kind of boring uh, behind-the-scenes stuff in terms of, you know, working with all the stations across the country that he's on. But that's not something that, uh, as far as my dealings with you guys directly, everybody in Milford, most of the stuff I do is archive stuff that happens on the show and make the opens and make some promos and and basically that so so speaking of those opens there's so we have many iconic ones that we hear every morning um what's the process of putting one of those together uh well i don't really go in with a set thing i mean there are there's only really one specific thing that has to make it in and that's if there's a sponsorship on it but other than that i'm just working under the the premise of well what happened 
on the previous show that I wanted to highlight. And sometimes, sometimes they turn into like songs or silly things, but there are other times where I'm just, you know, running with audio that I thought was particularly newsworthy or um, entertaining or a good uh, exchange between Dan and the guest or Dan and one of the Danettes or, or whatever the case might be. And then every once in a while, um, something happens that I'm like, well, I'm going to break away from that structure and just do something uh, different. Because the nice, nice thing with Dan that doesn't really, you know, exist in a lot of our businesses, he gives you a, he gives you a lot of autonomy to kind of, you know, do your job within the confines of, you know, he might he might tell you if he doesn't like something, but he generally doesn't uh, tell me exactly what I need to do. So, which is nice. That was I, I one agree. thing I was kind of curious about too. Um, do you ever hear back from Dan or the guys about something? You know, an open that you put together. Um, that it's maybe uh, a little too far. Occasionally, it's 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 usually okay. Uh, I don't. I I pretty much never hear from Pauly. I pretty much never hear from Fritz. Um, I will only hear from McLovin if I'm uh, generally if I'm well if I'm a jerk to him in the open. Uh, <laughs> occasionally he'll shoot me an email, but for the most part, most of my dealings are with Seton, and he's kind of the uh, he's kind of the guy that lets me know. It, because not being there in Milford, for the most part, I take my cues from how Dan reacts if I'm watching. Um, so if he laughs, I'm like, okay, well, that one must have, you know, been good enough to, uh, you know, pass his uh, kind of standard. But uh, there are times occasionally where Seton will just be like, yeah, no, we're not running that. Um, but usually that's something that I kind of know before he even tells me no. You know, and it doesn't happen all the time. Like, but sometimes I'll be like, "Well, I think this is funny enough to justify putting something uh, questionable in it." And then sometimes it is, and then sometimes it's like, "Well, that's a little further um, than we want to go." Because uh, there are times, I guess, where it's a little too mean spirited or uh, <laughs> mocking, and <laughs> sometimes those get pulled back. But for the most part, they—I mean, as far as shows that I've worked with go, Dan. Dan lets me go pretty far compared to other people, so I have no complaints in that regard. Yeah, no, for sure. Eric? Hey, Bob. Uh, So what I want to know about, and I think our fans would want to know about, is kind of the creative process because, you know, sometimes you pull audio from what seems like could have been months or years ago, and you start stitching words together and in ways that are great, but what's that creative process? Like, how do you find Dan saying, you know, just some random words that you need? Oh well, I think the way that that goes is typically every show I'm I'm pulling stuff. Like even now, as you guys call me at you know whatever it is nine thirty West Coast time, twelve thirty East Coast time, I'm I'm still working with show stuff from today that would have ended you know a half hour ago. So because a lot of times what I'll do is I want to obviously get all the the newsworthy stuff, the the guests, the answers, any news that breaks or anything that you know comes through the show that way but i also like to just grab things that i don't know if there'll ever be a purpose for them if i find them entertaining so you know a lot of that is just okay you know todd tells some insane story about not understanding how a broom works or you know things of that nature where it'll be like so just a tuesday (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i might not use it on the wednesday if he says that on a tuesday but um then a lot of times later down the line, I'll find myself working on some sort of piece that's about Todd's uh, lack of basic understanding of, you know, things that a lot of other people would 
understand. And, uh, and then I'll be like, well, I need three or four examples. And then I remember those things from the shows from hearing them all. And I just search them out in the clips that I've saved because, you know, I'll, I'll set them aside. I'll label them in certain ways so that I can search that stuff out. But generally speaking, I'm just always pulling stuff. So it's not that I, I realize, you know, today that I needed something I heard seven months ago and I go searching for it. It's usually just, okay, I'm sitting on a massive pile of things that I've saved and Sometimes there's no real purpose for me saving them other than to think, well, I might need it someday. So I'm a hoarder, more or less, in that regard. How far back does that uh, library date to? From day one, or like, do you just uh, keep everything? Much. I mean, I I I want to say, I want to say 2007 or 2009, um, where it, there are times where, like, if I took a week of vacation, there might be a, a dark spot where it's pretty sparse because, but. Other than that, I'm every day I'm logging stuff. So um, for the most part, it's you know I have most of the big things that have happened over the over the years. You know, like the, all the stuff you would see on the TV side, the breaking the glasses, the you know uh, McLovin bench press, you know the Todd Robe stories, like all those things that I just I couldn't even tell you when they happened. Now so far removed from them, but uh, yeah, I mean most of that stuff. I feel like that's the type of stuff that I would want if I was, uh, you know, working with a show is having somebody who, um, you know, kind of knew the history of it and what was going into it. Because if I'm not there physically, uh, it's it's the best way to kind of keep and keep track of what's going on on the show is to just listen every day and save as much stuff as I can. So, Dylan, um, hey Bob, Dylan here. Hey Dylan, how's it going? Good. Um, so I was wondering, is there like one of the, uh, <laughs> one of the Danettes in particular, you think it find it easier to make, you know, have like be the, oh, 100%, uh, 100%, 100%. You'll notice I, I never, if, if where you're going is Danettes easier to pick on or to, to make fun of than the others, uh, definitely it would be McLovin and Todd pretty much up at the top. Um, and then. Paulie, I, I'm never mean to because he low-key terrifies me a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, and then Seton is something I do, but that's really more. It's less about. It's less. It's more about the material they give me, like. Um, it, and that's the same same thing I feel about guys like Mannix or whatever. There's certain people who are just they're cool with, dep- you know, either self-deprecation or being poked fun at. And then there's other people where you're like, I'm not sure how they'll respond to that, or they just don't give you material to work with. I feel like. McLovin says a lot of outlandish stuff, or he's willing to make predictions that will later blow up in his face, potentially. <laughs> um, and Todd, you know, Todd's stuff is mostly just like he's a very unique human being. Um, that's, so, an, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. So in that regard, I feel like those guys, they give me more material to work with. I don't go in with a predisposed idea of like, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of opens about McLovin and none about Pauly. But like with Pauly, I'm, you know, I'll witness debates between him and McLovin that I'm like, these guys heated way too quick. Maybe I want to uh, <laughs> tread lightly there. I don't know if I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to make make any enemies there. Whereas most of those guys, I think, uh, yeah, everybody on the show pretty much just it's water off their back. They know it's all kind of good natured, um, and that's also what I love about Mannix. On an unrelated note, is that for as mean as I've been to him over the years in the opens, um, he he takes it really well. I like that about I like that about Dan. I like that about a lot of the guys like Ross and Chris Mannix and the guys who filled in is that there's just a whole tone of the show where 
you know, everybody's just there to have fun. You know, nobody takes it crazy seriously. So you've heard from Mannix? Uh, mean, yeah, what? I talk to Mannix <clears throat> only by email occasionally. Um, okay. Because he'll, you know, he'll sometimes uh, when he fills in, he'll be like, "That is that was way out of context, or uh, <laughs> good one, uh, like that type of stuff." But not, you know, he's never really gotten true, like honestly angry. It's always like fake, fake like uh, anger. I, which I, you know, I like that he doesn't take himself that seriously because I kind of feel the same way with McLovin. You know, for as much as I might uh, save those things and hope that they blow up in their face. Just the fact they're willing to go out on a limb after being burned time and time again is, you know, a credit to them, I think. Eric? So this is the 1215 Club, and it's all the BRGs. So obviously you've worked on the show remotely. I don't, I don't know that anyone's met you in person. I certainly haven't. Well, uh, they, the main, all the guys um, who are, you know, the Danettes and Dan, they had to come out here a handful of times for, you know, they'll be out here once a year back when it was, you know, with AT&T and all that. Or they did a remote one time out of, you know, a, I want to say it was the Buffalo Wild Wings or something. Uh, so I've met them, but uh, it's definitely, and I've been out to the old Milford studios. I haven't been out to the to new ones yet, but uh, maybe after all this, what's happening dies down. I'll make my way out there and see this new uh, facility. I would love to do that. But yeah, I don't there's not a lot of face-to-face interaction. Well, we look forward to that. But what I want to know is what you think like so for here you got Mario, Tyler, Dylan, Marvin and myself Eric. What do you what do you have of us or what do you think of us uh for I mean, I don't know that we've been. I think I might have been in one uh at one point, I think I might have been in an open, but uh, you know, kind of, what are your thoughts on us? You ever, you ever have a, like a personality gauge or anything like that? Well, as far as that sort of has just been something that's kind of evolved since the. I kind of line it up with when the new studio launched. Is as far as when I started to get more of a sense of of your presence uh, on the show. I mean, uh, Mario, to some degree when everything was going on with two-a-days with uh, American Idol auditions and he was filling in more, uh, there was more stuff from then. And, you know, they're giving him uh, giving him the business about how to, how to say his name, and there was all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of just been like an evolving thing where uh, even a lot of what I'm gleaning about you guys has been picked up from the, you know, between segments that are on the air type segments that you get on the, on the uh, TV stream. Um, well, I'll tell you, Penny is waiting for her open. She's uh, she's here. She's giving paw. She wants to know what she can do. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, no, it's uh, it's always fun to be included in stuff like that. And it's interesting from from my perspective that a guy that I've never met and I've only spoken to one time on the phone, um, a couple times over email, but really don't know. Then all of a sudden, you've you're talking about me, or you're in some way a part of your small little or you know of our world together. And uh, it's it's kind of funny and it's it's interesting. And I, I hope uh, those listening to the podcast find it interesting too. Well, yeah, it's definitely unique. I don't, I don't think people who, I mean, I think people in the business realize it, but I don't, I don't know that the normal person understands how unconventional what Dan built is, you know, like to, it, not just my role, but just the idea that. That Mario could have a job here, I know. Yeah, That's exactly. unnecessary. Very, unnecessary. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. And he has like all these guys who work with him who are in that little bubble, um, but uh, it, you know, he's supremely loyal and, and gives you a lot of latitude to do what you do. And it's just been uh, a very 
fun experience all throughout because it, you know it's not it doesn't feel corporate at all it feels very much like i want to know what's going on with all you guys um because i feel like you know it's it's it doesn't feel like a job it feels more just like a oh, busting balls with my buddies type of type of tone to it yeah no for sure and i know i mean uh we told dan today that we were having you on he was super excited about just learning about the process of how you put together an open uh, he gets a kick out of those as you see every day um so i know he feels the same way about you you know working with you yeah he was super giddy like he was going around he's like hey 1215 club gonna have bob, bob schmidt on today <laughs> yeah. he was telling everybody here we had a gardener that was here that doesn't know anything about the show and he was like bob schmidt's gonna be on the show today and uh so just so you know to reinforce kind of what you see visually uh off air and kind of running around the studio he uh you know you are uh you're talked about and he, he, he admires likes it. You. yeah well that's awesome yeah and that's good that's, i always like to hear that yeah, because that's the one thing about not being there. Sometimes it's like, man, I would love to be around when you do the Meet Fridays or some of those things. But uh, I, I definitely still feel part of everything. Um, and and uh, I'm looking forward to, like, with this whole new iteration and all you guys and, and having a bigger presence uh, on everything, being able to, to, you know, randomly throw people in opens when they don't expect it. And, and that's always uh, something I look forward to when – when those days would come up with whether it was, you know, Wild Bill or Twos or any of those guys uh, to just have one come out of left field. I would watch the TV feed and just hope that they pan to those guys so that I could see, <laughs> see their reaction. All I ask is that you just don't bring up anything from my airball days. Um, well, that'll never be spoken of again, I don't think. <laughs> well, well, I think that, we're past Fortunately, that. that got a lot of run on the show, so I mean, I can't, <laughs> can't make any promises. <laughs> Bob, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us today on the 1215 Club, and hopefully we ha we'll have you again at some point. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Bob. All right, talk to you later. All right, that was Bob Schmidt joining us. Uh, it was fun to actually hear just kind of like the process. I've always been curious. He's so creative, and, you know, these opens that he puts together are so just out of left field sometimes. You're like, how the heck did he put that together? Dylan? Um, his voice sounds a lot different. I was surprised about that too. Like it was because I, I was trying to, like, listen for it. To, like, obviously it sounds different because, you know, it's, like, produced and stuff. And it's he's mastered, singing. right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whatever the term is. Um, and uh, But, like, it really just doesn't sound the same at all. So I'm not convinced that was actually him. I wouldn't say at all, but... Oh, oh, oh. I wouldn't say at all. Oh. But, yeah, it was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I wanted to get into you guys. We had two different things for Meat Friday today. <laughs> Wild scene. Yeah. It was something on a bun was the theme for uh, Meat Friday this week. What was your... Which one was your favorite? Which one do you prefer? I'm going to start with myself. I really enjoyed the rib sandwiches over the meatball sandwiches. Uh, anytime you can get barbecue, that's it. Game changer for me. Ty? Yeah, I mean, generally I'm of the same opinion, but uh, this week, it, meatball subs can go either way because it really depends on who's making the meatballs, and I thought Alan did a great job. Uh, they were s spicy. They were uh, saucy, and saucy, nuggy, and delicious. So um, I'm going to go meatball this week. Dope. Look, I'm not here to pump Alan's tires like the rest of you, okay? <laughs> um, I saw McRib wrappers in the garbage can. <laughs> That's what you ate. Yeah, those were for me. Um, no, I don't. I like the I like the rib sandwich. It was, it was they're pretty tender. I actually just ate the raw onions too. I saw that. That was my favorite. Part. Your mouth stinks. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, stop talking, Marv. <laughs> Boy, that was nasty. You know what? 
I'm gonna go with the ribs also. What was it though? What did you like about the ribs better than the meatballs? Well, I had to pick one. Yeah, but why? <laughs> why? Why do you pick the? Why are you picking the ribs? <laughs> what gave the edge? I just like ribs better in general. Fair. But both outstanding. Did you try both? I did try of both. Of course you tried both. <laughs> did you try both? Of course I tried both. All right then. Both. The guys make fun of me because I don't pronounce my ths. I say them as fs. So north. Both. So Eric's laughing at me. Eric, <laughs> well, I don't know I, if you want to comment on my no, you're, <laughs> lack you're, of THs yeah, or no, it, Meat listen, Friday. Hey, Professor Mario can speak whatever <laughs> language he wants. Um, so I was looking forward to the meatball sandwich because I'm lactose intolerant, as I spoke about before. And um, But I got I to gotta go with the ribs because there was caramelized onions. There was, um, I, there was pickles. There was lots of different accoutrements. To be able to put on, and uh, so I started. I ate the entire meatball sandwich, and I started to eat the rib. I was like, "This is so good! I'm going to wait till after 12:15, so I have a little treat, a little snack, uh, hanging out for me uh, after the show." So, yeah. No, but honestly, like anything on the triggers, so really good. Is. And uh, Alan always knocks it out of the park too. But that's yeah. great. I mean, Alan is. I mean, you would think the guy's been cooking for a really long time. Like his whole life. I mean, he just picked it up probably, what, like a year ago? <laughs> yeah, Tyler taught him everything he knew, and then he just launched out. And then he just, I mean, <laughs> he did make that famous teriyaki chicken. Oh, my gosh. He's just <laughs> such a thief. No, no. Uh, that was a funny story last week. I enjoyed, uh, I listened to it back, and uh, that that was fun last week. Alan's uh, with, a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Alan's had a, a long week, so shout out to Alan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he, um, he real quick, Alan fell off his bike. Um He's got. He's been riding all summer. He was like, "Hey guys," and he would come in with his super tight shorts and like walk around and not care about it, which was interesting choice. But um, and uh, so, but he had like a thirty-year-old bike that he hadn't used since like college or something, and so he started using it. And there was a mechanical breakdown on his fixie, and uh, he went uh, ass over tea kettle, and uh, he's got some scars to prove it. Yeah, I mean, Alan. So Alan's this really in in shape, fit guy, and he. You, he rides his bike every day to the studio, and you know he kind of has a huge black eye. Looks like he got beat up. Yeah. Dylan, well, there's also a wrinkle to this whole story, which so this is just stuff that you know murmurings around the street. But I heard from a fairly reliable source that Alan parks in across the street and bikes over. Um, I don't so? know if he wants to come back on and contest that story. I team investigation forthcoming. We may yeah. have to do that. It's a pretty day. short way to go for a crash. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Marv, I know you were mentioning earlier off air that things really pick up, especially in your role where you're grabbing sound bits for the guys uh, to use on air. What, what's it been like since the NFL returned, at least in your role? This is my first year working in this capacity with the show, getting the audio. And so it's been way different than any other time of year because usually it's the summer, so it's the dog days of baseball and there's a lot more sound and I have to give the sound to DP, Paulie and Dylan who does our graphics and it goes from maybe two cuts of an NBA game to 10 cuts or 12 cuts of 12 different games <laughs> and now you go from not having a ton to talk about than having way too much to talk about that you really can't even fit in and now it's a whole different dynamic because the NBA playoffs are going on at the same time as the start of uh, the NFL season which in normal life wouldn't happen so it's been 
crazy. I mean, the show goes by faster yeah. when there's way more stuff, but it's definitely been uh, not hectic, but it's just been busier. And Eric, what's your guys' preparation? What's like the workload? How does that change in the control room? Um, so you know, this is the first time that you guys are doing this uh, with our production staff here, having an NFL season or during NFL season. What's your preparation uh, transition like? Yeah, so this year is, and it's kind of funny, Marvin. Similar to you, it's our first season, and not only is it the first NFL season, but now you've also got everything going on with what's going to happen with college athletics. You've got NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, MLB regular season wrapping up, the college games that are happening. Um, So there's just so much stuff going on. Uh, From my perspective, it doesn't really move the needle, to be honest, because ultimately Dylan's the one who's building all the graphics, pulling images, getting any, uh, we we don't have B-roll rights right now, but like getting all that stuff ready either comes on to Dylan or, or uh, to Rob in the back. And so, um, you know, from my perspective, it's just, I'm waiting for Dylan to say graphics up or, you know, whatever. And, and so it doesn't change it a lot, but it does, um, you have to stay really engaged because topics change fast and, uh, you know, the, the caller will call in all of a sudden you got a left turn. And so, um, you know, when, when we started this, coronavirus was just, you know, we started March 1st with uh, the control room here and me directing it and all of us, everything being done out of this facility. And two weeks later, it was like everything shut down. And, you know, so it was like, I mean, ultimately, it's, uh, Dan and the guy's jobs are so much harder than ours, right? Because they're the ones that have to fill the content. But then as we're trying to figure out, all right, well, what are we, what are they going to talk about so we can support it yeah. uh, visually on uh, on the on the stream? And uh, And now it's just like, Man, bam, bam. There's so many elements and uh yeah, so it's it's been good to have all that stuff back. Um but yeah, Dylan, I don't know if you can speak to uh, you know, what it, that workload is for you. Yeah, I mean like I think the I think the football season's great because it sort of makes things easier and harder at the same time. Like easier in the sense that like, you know, a few months ago, like obviously it was particularly difficult for Dan and the guys, but like for us for me too, you know, like they're trying to think, you know, come up with pick storylines out and stuff when there's nothing really going on. And like, sometimes that can be a bit of a challenge from a visual standpoint too, to like, you know, in terms of like what the actual story is. Football is obviously nice because, you know, there's Sunday, boom, all the games, you know, Monday, Thursday as well. Um, But then like Eric said, you know, sometimes it's, there's so much stuff going on um, that it sort of makes it hard to like nail down the premier storylines. But I think like above all, everyone, like Dan, Danette's included. Like I think everyone just gets hyped that it's football, and like you can kind of tell there's like some more, you know, even a little more oomph behind uh, some of the stuff. Well, the other thing with the NFL season is that it's not just the game and then the morning after. There's so much other stuff that goes into it: contracts, injuries, press conferences. Like there's all the all these newsy items. So it's not just you know Monday morning after the Sunday games. You know a little bit on Tuesday after the Monday night game, a little bit on Friday. It's all week. There's just there's stuff happening, and so uh, having the NFL season keeps us all very busy. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, do you feel pr- – is there pressure at all er- – uh, Eric, I guess I'll direct it to you and I'll open it to the room. Is there pressure at all from the other side, the other room, to get, like, all these elements up or, like, oh, why didn't you have that or where was this? What, what's that, like, what's that relationship been like, I guess, working with the Danettes and Dan now that we've transitioned into this new studio and we're doing the production here? Um, for the most part, uh, at least from my perspective, um, 
they've trusted me. They've given a little bit of guidance at the beginning, and then they've been happy with uh, with what we've we've done. Most of my interaction uh, has to do with filling the live look-ins, which are the times when they're not on radio, and trying to figure out you know whether we have a sponsored element or whether Marvin's going to do emails, or you're going to do tweets, or you're going to do mailroom, or Paulie's going to do something at the monitor, or they're going to play basketball, or any of the different things that could happen. And that's really kind of where that back-and-forth conversation happens. And, and it channels mostly through weeks uh, Eric weeks the camera operator uh, he's kind of my voice on the floor so um, but in terms of providing elements and stuff for the show um, you know Todd <laughs> sends out a lot of emails uh, giving us the guest Way elements for sure many. but uh, but yeah beyond that no that's uh, that's really kind of where where my interaction with them is okay yeah I was just w- I mean because I'm not in there with you guys I go in there drop in with with <laughs> there you go the th again I'm not with there I'm not in there with you with you guys. Uh, so I was kind of wondering, I guess, what was the uh, interaction you had. Tyler, I had a question to you about ChatRail. Yeah. So, uh, like, last week, two weeks ago, I was in ChatRail for the very first time, the new edition of ChatRail, ChatRail 2.0, as they call it. And I noticed they don't really talk about stuff that's happening in the show. <laughs> no, no, they do. They're just on a delay. You know that. No, but, like, sometimes they're, like, talking about, like, a, just a different topic amongst oh, themselves. Oh, yeah, we go off the rails all the time. I mean, it's part. that's part of the fun. Is that, like, because I was, like, isn't that sh- like, yeah, it's supposed to be a second screen experience, yeah. uh, and I'll let Tyler take this question, but uh, I do notice when I pop in there that uh, sometimes it's delayed. They're about a minute and minute and a half-ish. It does seem to vary a little bit um, yeah. uh, behind uh, what we're transmitting out of here. But, uh, but yeah, there are sometimes topics where it just goes rogue. And the other thing that happens in there a lot of times is that there's like two or three conversations going on. So you're like, okay, you know, this, these two or three people are having a conversation, but then these two or three people are having a conversation. And, uh, I think that's, it's, I mean, it's, it is what it is and whether you want that or not, it's not exactly the second screen experience. And I think Tyler, you can speak to this, but I think it probably changed a little bit, um, to be a little less topic focused on the show when we went to 2.0 because I think there's a little less people in there. Well, we, well, not only is there a little less people, but also you're going to have people who are at different times of the show. So you'll see, you'll sometimes you'll notice even like a 30 second uh, lag in between when somebody notices something happen versus the next person. But I have a counter question to you, Mario. I It, it seemed like when you came in and joined us that time that everybody was being very cordial to you. I just understood. I don't understand why you never came back i mean everybody's being very nice when you were in there i was, it felt very welcome there were one or two comments that you know it could have gone without but it's understood given our, our interaction in the past but honestly like today and you guys are gonna make fun of me i was just busy sometimes i just don't have the time <laughs> to sometimes i just don't have the time to go and look at chat row it was fun for that day but that's funny one one comment that sticks out from chat row today was that uh i think it was jessica that said j doc j dizzy said uh Mario finally figured out that walking around walking around kills time or walking around to kill time something along those lines but it was uh kind of uh kind of contradicts your stance there. Maybe you want to get the quote before you quote her. I can get that. You're not making friends in chat row by roasting trying to roast Tyler. <laughs> just say, I don't think I've ever people. tried I don't think I've ever tried to make friends in chat row. Uh, uh, really quick, I know we try to stay about topics on the show, but we started a fantasy football league amongst the BRGs, and I just want to go through the team names because I think it's pretty funny. Oh, mine is Fat Rio. So I heard, so I, I saw that somewhere with somebody calling me Fat Rio, and Dung got gets a kick out of that. So mine is uh, so mean spirited. Mine's Puerto Rico Fat Rio. So I'm from Puerto Rico. Um, 
So Puerto Rico Fat Rio. Ty? <laughs> uh, I'm st- I stuck with Mod Squad, which is my chat row fantasy <laughs> football name, and I can thank my boy John for that. He definitely... Gave me the idea. It was, it was great. Dylan? <laughs> well, Dylan's I, still trying to compose himself I, from the I'd like to Rio. say when Mario came in like two weeks ago into the control room and said that people in chat row were calling him Fat Rio, I, don't I, think, know. I, I think I lost it for like 30 minutes. He was out. He was gone. I, literally, I went in the bathroom and I was laughing to myself. To be fair, I don't know if it was somebody in chat row. It, may, it, like, it might have been social media or something. I just remember. I don't remember where I saw it. I remember seeing. I, I hope it doesn't I, stick. It's very mean. So I, chat I, row. Do not it's, make that stick. It's, it's not, not appropriate. like I can throw stones at all, but for something about the name that I don't know, just it tickled me. What's your name? Um, yeah, so my name is Marvin Sun. Um, obviously, you guys all know Marvin, and I'm his son. That explains that. Marvin. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, my team name is Old Dirty Beckham. <laughs> take, is, take with that what you will. That is also self-explanatory. <laughs> and, and Eric, mine's a little lame, but it's Milford Quarantine. Milford Quarantine. I went Todd there, said it twice. That's all we got this week on the Twelve Fifteen Club for Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy, Tyler the Moderator. I am Ariel or Fat Rio. I'll catch Don't you guys let it stick, next Mario. week. Don't let it stick. Don't let it stick.